Oh, g'day, didn't see you there. Hey, uh, just before we dive into this week's podcast, got to let you know that Ride Forever have a big deal on at the moment. You can gift a riding buddy of yours a full day out on his bike and all it's going to cost you is 20 bucks. Ride Forever courses, that's what we're talking, $20 to do a Ride Forever course, catering to any skill level as well. You've got your bronze, you got your silver, you got your gold for the more experienced riders, or you could do an urban rider course. Get out there and do a Ride Forever course for 20 bucks. All you need to do is go to rideforever.co.nz forward slash Christmas and sign up there. Get amongst. You could do, you get one for yourself or get one for somebody else. And you're not going to get them that cheap again. Well, you might. But right now they're cheap, so dive on in. Rideforever.co.nz forward slash Christmas. Gift a riding buddy of yours uh, a bit of an upskill, maybe? The chance to pick up some new tips and tricks to live to ride another day and uh, have a whole lot of fun. Get out there and kick your summer riding season off in style. Thanks very much Ride Forever for sponsoring this podcast and keeping us free and on the air. Welcome to Kiwi Rider Podcast, New Zealand's premier motorcycling podcast made by Kiwi Riders for Kiwi Riders. My name's Ray here and thank you very much for joining me in this episode. I'm not going to do a long drawn out intro because we've got a lot to get into. Later on in the podcast, going to talk to old mate Todd about what he's been up to. He took his adventure bike on track. More about that shortly. Also going to re- reveal to you the brand new Triumph Tiger 1200. But first, let's catch up with Matthew Day Gillett and talk Christmas. And we are getting closer now to the big day. The big day where the jolly fat man slides his way down your chimney and um, puts presents under your tree. Um, or if you've got kids, you are the jolly fat man like I am drinking beer. But joining me is Matthew Day Gillett once again. G'day, Matt. G'day, Ray. Hey, um, it, it is Christmas and it's all about the kids. And do you find having kids that it kind of reinvigorates Christmas for you? Like when you didn't have kids, you were like, yeah, oh, I- I'm Christmas. And now you kind of get into it. Yeah, I go pretty hardcore actually nowadays. Um, I used to be like the full on Christmas Grinch and I just hated everything to do with Christmas. I called it like a joke of a holiday and all sorts of nasty things. Now I've got kids. I'm like, oh, actually I can play Santa. So I like mow a landing strip for Santa in the front yard. I put up the lights and the Santa land here and a reindeer feeding station. Um, I go all out. <laughs> yeah, I got you. Got to put the carrots in the water out for for the reindeer. And what what is what is what is your young fella and fellaess leave out for Santa, aka you? Oh well, whew, I'm trying to remember. Got a Christmas cake. Knowing you, it'll be something gluten free, maybe soy based. No, it was actually. Um, I think we had uh, a couple of nice cookies and some uh, lactose free milk. Uh, because you never know uh, with Santa, and he doesn't need any uh, gut ache on his trip around the world. So, um, yeah, I think it was a couple of nice cookies and some lactose-free milk. Well, Christmas is for the motorcyclists as well, and I thought we'd just have a quick yarn uh, because we're running out of stuff to talk about this year. Uh, that's that's a joke, actually. There's so much to talk about as far as motorbikes go. But um, Christmas wish list. Uh, I said pick a couple of items, bring them to the show, and let's have a yarn about them. Um, so give us your first item on your Christmas wish list, Matt. Uh, my one is some new gloves, actually. Um, I've been rocking the same style glove, same make, model, and everything since, oh, I want to say 2015? Uh, I've been rocking Dirt 2s, and they've now been 
superseded by the Revit Dirt 3. Um, but I may have actually purchased this. I don't know if this is cheating, but um, I've actually bought these gloves and they're sitting in my Christmas hidey place for the big day. Um, I've got a set of the new Revit Caliber gloves, which um, with my brief little look at them, and I did sort of ask for advice from the guys at Moto Gear. I sort of clicked an email off to them and say, hey, I want some new gloves for Christmas. What should I get? And they go, get these. They're cool. And they are. They're really nice premium gloves. I've got the little uh, make your screen swipey, wipey, fingery thing on them. Oh, the touch sensitive fingertip yeah, thing. Yeah, and it seems like it's a lot better quality than the one on the Dirt Toes. Um, so hopefully that means they last longer because I always destroyed them on my Dirt Toes. I had two sets of the Dirt Toe though. Um, I love those gloves. They were so comfy. They were just looking a bit tatty. And they were, you know, when you have a leather glove for a long time and it kind of goes crunchy. Um, and I, to be honest, haven't had a pair of leather gloves for long enough to, to do that, but I'm looking forward to, to learning <laughs> what you're talking about. Oh, I'll have to show them, them to you next time. I'll keep this set as um, some spares, but yeah, they're, they've kind of gone a bit stiff and crunchy and um, yeah, they're just well thrashed. Like I, I don't tend to wear winter gloves um, as Mike Cross from Triumph once lamented and he forced me to go home with a nice set of Triumph gloves. Um, <laughs> And yeah, so I've, I've ordered these Revit Calibre gloves. They're grey. Um, they really premium quality, but they're under 200 bucks, and they're going to fit in my Christmas stocking so I can be act really, really surprised when I go, whoa, look at these. So you got them for yourself or Santa got them for you, but you, I suppose you're not going to be doing any writing before Christmas because you're in lockdown, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, well, yeah, no, I'm kind of out of lockdown now, but um, yeah, you, if, I, if I just bought the things and then didn't stash them away for Christmas and I'd have nothing to open on Christmas. Um, so I might do if the parts I ordered for Rosie the Rally eventually arrive before then, um, seeing how long stuff's taken to get out of Thailand. Um, but yeah, I, I bought them for myself. Like I, the wife said, I oh, need to buy something that you need and something you want. And I both wanted and needed new gloves. So I was like, sweet, I'm just going to splurge. And um, yeah, I ordered these gloves and I'm pretty yeah, much looking forward to summer and hopefully um hopefully not putting them to the test too hard but um, i'm looking forward to putting some miles on them i'd struggle if i was told that something you need and something you want because i can't tell the difference i want everything and i need nothing and i need everything and i want nothing <laughs> uh all right item number one on my christmas wish list is a a helmet and i've always been around the kind of budget to lower mid area as far as the rankings of helmets go. I mean, the HGC, nothing wrong with it. Been rocking the uh, the i70. I did the I se- IS17 before that, and then the i70. Um, great helmets, but they're not luxury-end helmets. Um, did the LS2 Pioneer, the LS2 Pioneer Evo. Gr- again, great helmet, not high-end, not luxury. I'm going for a showy if. Uh, VFX Evo. Oh, that sounds rather luxury and fancy. A little bit, yeah. It's more of a motocross helmet than it is anything else. Like, there's no visor or anything, so I'd have to, I'd have to get some some goggles. But um, it's. No, I see what you've done there. So instead of getting one Christmas present, you're going to have to get yourself two. <laughs> 
I like your thinking. <laughs> exactly. You can't wear it without goggles, Matt. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's it's got all the um, all the, the the fancy safety ratings and uh, ventilation, and um, I'd probably go for the standard white. There's a few different colours you can get. Uh, starts around about the five hundred dollar mark, which you know it's it's getting up there. But it's a it's a it's a higher end helmet, and I've never had one, and I really want to try one out. So that's uh, that's my first item on my list is the Shoei F uh, VFX Evo. Oh, that sounds nice. Um, second list, second one on my list is kind of unobtainium, at least in uh, my current lifestyle situation with two kids and now a dog um i want extended time off to go riding <laughs> like, i don't want just a couple a weekend i don't want a long weekend i want at least a week off to do nothing but ride motorbikes around the countryside oh we're here yeah a week to go and ride motorbikes the question is though if you got a week where would you go oh see that's actually very fortuitous because today i saw chris birch posted up something rather cool he's planning something with um Josh from Remote Moto, they're doing a sort of a week-long tour in the Upper South Island. Uh, self-sufficient, so you got to take your tent and all that kind of stuff, like real adventure riding stuff, but you're doing it with Chris Birch. Um, so I'd, I'd go and do that. I'd sort of I book the block off. It's in January next year. And I'd just go, I'd bugger off and I'd do, go do that, ride with some like-minded people, see some amazing sights in the uh, South Island. Um, I'd need to find the money, of course, for ferry fee, fuel, food, and all that other stuff. But having the time off, the time off is the hardest thing to get. Um, so I ask for it every year. I don't get it. Um, Santa doesn't really listen to my <laughs> time off requests. Okay, I hear you. I hear you. Uh, my second item on my list, and don't tell my wife, because when I bought the Tenere 700, my justification to the wife for buying the Tenere 700 was it was combining two bikes into one and I'd go and do trail rides on it. And, I'd, and I've since decided that it's just a little bit cumbersome for a trail ride. I don't want to be that guy that takes the fancy bike out into the mud and gets it stuck. So my second item... But also, it's your daily rider. It is. Like. <laughs> it is my daily rider. Uh, so my second item on the list is... And I'm flexible... But as a as a a mark on the wall, a CRF two fifty L. Ooh, can join me. We can share parts. Well, remember, I used to ride a CRF two fifty L for about two weeks, and it got stolen. But I I, I would get the CRF two fifty L, and and it's it's partly so I can go and do trail rides and stuff. Like I'd I'd put some decent um, tires on it. And I said to you, Matt, uh, that you know I could deck it out. But I'd, I, first thing I would do is just decent tires and go and do it and 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 the other part of it is it's not in a in a na 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 way but to show you that you can go and do trail rides on your bike because there's not much more there well yeah i need tires but see for me my bike's a lot heavier well it's what 10 kilos heavier at least than a base 250l and it's got all the plastic and whatnot um but for me the big thing's always been i don't want to put really good off-road tires or half decent off-road tires and have to ride the bike down there i can actually do that now because i just put a tow bar on my car so i can hire a trailer put rosie the rally on i can do trail rides now in theory um it would be it would mean leaving the family out of the lurch um well in the lurch with uh, me buggering off with the family car but um that survive. Uh, so my my second item is is a dirt bike. Essentially, uh, my young fellow is getting old enough to uh, to think about getting something two wheeled. Uh, my wife's getting itchy boots again. Who, who motocross gear sitting on the shelf beside me, and uh, I think that'd be something I want to do 
if not this Christmas, next Christmas, I think. Something like that. A second bike, essentially. Yeah, but what's the little fella going to ride? You're going to need to get him a bike. You're going to need to get the missus a bike. You're going to need to buy three bikes, mate, not not just one. Or I can get one and be like, well, if you want to come, you know, got to get a bike. Oh, look, we I've got one. I'm, I'm going. Are you coming? <laughs> um, no, but in real in reality, uh, if it was me, the wife, and the young fella, it's not like the wife and I could go do a trail ride together because somebody needs to watch the young fella. So we're still a few years away from family trail rides. Mm, but Honda Kids Camps are where it's at. I'm, exactly. Like, I really want to do those one day. Plant the, the seeds. Uh, so that's the Christmas wish list. Um, if if you have uh, got anything on your list, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us, podcast at kiwirider.co.nz. Love to hear your thoughts on what's on your list. Uh, you can get hold of us on social media pod, uh, as well. We're on um, on Facebook and Instagram and TikTok. And uh, join the conversation. Let us know what you want, what you need, what you, what you want to, you know. What, what what's on your list love to hear from you Matt thanks very much for joining us and uh, good luck for the big day uh, looking forward to seeing the the smiles on the young Fuller and Fullerese's faces when they open their uh, presents all over Instagram oh yeah definitely I'll, I'll send you a pic uh, give me some inspiration of the front yard as well uh, the Santa's landing pad man it's where it's at <laughs> what's the dog getting for Christmas or was the dog the Christmas oh we haven't thought about the dog for Christmas Earlier in the year, we got our first look at the new Tiger 900 GT and Rally Pro in person, and now Triumph have finally revealed the big brother, the Tiger 1200 variants that they've been testing and teasing us with for the past few months. The new Triumph Tiger 1200 will come in two main variants, the GT and the Rally, each having a few sub-models. We've got the GT, which is the absolute base model. We've got the GT Pro and the GT Explorer, which is the top-spec model. Then we've got the Rally Pro and the Rally Explorer. So the GT Explorer and the Rally Explorer are the two top, top level bikes. The GT is the more road bias model, equipped with a 19-inch front and an 18-inch rear wheel. And the Rally is the more off-road bias, equipped with a 21-inch front and an 18-inch rear. This shows that Triumph means business. Up till now, the 21-inch front and 18-inch rear wheel sizes have been reserved for dirt bikes, dual sports, the likes of the Tenere 700 and the KTM Adventure bikes. The new bikes will be shaft-driven which is awesome from a maintenance perspective, but more on that later. Powered by an 1160cc T-plane triple engine, putting out 150 horsepower, and with an up to 30 litre fuel tank. They've definitely got the range to boot. This new power plant is said to reach peak torque of 130 newton meters at 7,000 RPM. Triumph have made a big deal also out of comparing these new 1200s to their closest competition in inverted commas stating things like these new tiger 1200s have 14 more horsepower and 17 kgs lighter than their competition and the new firing order improves the character and sound of the engine and exhaust the gt models get a seat height of 850 to 870 millimeters while the rally models gain a bit of height at 875 millimeters up to 895 millimeters the seat height can also be lowered an additional 20 millimeters with an accessory low seat option the screen up front is adjustable from the rider's seat all models come with handguards as standard however there is extra protection 
in the way of sump guards, skid plates and fuel tank protection bars the further up the models you go. The bikes are 25kgs lighter than the outgoing model, meaning they're going to be real contenders for those wanting to get off-road without compromising on the engine size or capacity. Equipped with Showa semi-active suspension with 200mm of fork travel up front for the GT and 220mm of travel up front for the rally models. All models are equipped with Brembo Stylema monoblock brakes, Magura radial master cylinders, new cornering optimised ABS and traction control as well. Now for the millennial market, they are jam-packed with tech. Firstly, and as you would expect, they come with rider modes, all bikes getting rain, road and sport, but the higher end submodels also get in the likes of off-road, off-road, pro and rider configurable modes. The high end Explorer models also get integrated blind spot radar with little lights fitted into the wing mirrors indicating when there's a car or something else in your blind spot. From the cockpit there's a 7 inch TFT display. It's all set up with My Triumph app integration. Triumph have also teamed up with Senna to bring out a Triumph branded 50S unit which is all integrated into the switch gear as well as GoPro integration as well. All models apart from the basic GT model get a quick shifter and hill hold. These are also optional extras for the GT model. And the two Explorer models come with heated rider and pillion seats, heated grips, tyre pressure monitoring systems and more. All models come with keyless ignition system which includes a function to turn off the key to immobilise the vehicle. And finally the new bikes have a massive service interval of 10,000 miles or 16,000 kilometres before the first major service. So there you have it. The long and skinny on Triumph's new Tiger 1200 models. Looking forward to seeing them in person in New Zealand early next year. Joining me now, it is Todd Heslin, old mate Todd. Todd riding the Tiger 800. G'day, mate. G'day, Ray. Nice to be back on the podcast. It's been a while. In fact, I haven't actually spoken to you on the podcast since we got back from the top of the South trip. That's correct. Back when I had big chunky tyres on the Tiger. But uh, I don't anymore. There's been some changes. Yeah. So we were doing the top of the South and you were saying that you're off to do some track work. And I know that you're a, you're a... Uh, a track fiend you you get amongst on the old moto gp yes so you you went to tr- you wanted to go and try out some um some moves yourself wanted to get my shoulder down on the on the tiger that's right <laughs> a shoulder now it's not it's, now, we've gone from elbow to shoulder yes that's right yeah it went knee was cool and then it was uh elbow that was cool and now it's shoulder what the the cool kids are doing um unfortunately when i get a shoulder down on the tiger that's normally my head and the rest of my body uh, rolling down a hill somewhere so um I, that didn't happen well, but um you're a step ahead of me because <laughs> i'm i'm gonna ride along perfectly upright and just tilt my head yeah we've all seen that meme of that guy like riding along like basically <laughs> upright and just hanging off the side like head tilted 90 degrees pretty funny um so you've got a you've got an adventure bike and you've got a, a, a penchant for a bit of track work so you wanted to go and try the adventure bike on the track that is yes correct and the number of funny looks you get when you're on a track with a big adventure bike um yeah we can talk we can get into more detail but yeah it's pretty funny like getting the responses from people um there's um the guy that does uh new zero land on on youtube the guy with the electric bike and he he said he got the, the same thing like when he took his electric um electric bike to the track uh everyone was like oh 
where are you going to plug it in? He's like, oh, I'll see you on the track. Like, <laughs> do we need to have that conversation now? Like, it's, it's always weird when people at a track don't see sport bikes. Like, there's plenty of questions that come up. So, uh, well, let's talk setup of the bike. I mean, um, you're not going to take your uh, you're not going to take your Midas EO7 Plus on the track, right? No, no. I changed them over to the Continental Trail Attack Three. Um, so I picked those up in the last few months because, uh, as we know, in New Zealand, getting tires can be sketchy right now in uh, COVID times. Uh, deliveries of tires can sometimes be months. So I didn't want to risk it and have to take those Midas on, on the track because that wasn't going to be very good. Uh, so I got these a few months ago, one by one, and then I fitted them a week before I was due to go on the track. Fresh rubber. And one of the hurdles that you uh, we were talking about when we were going around the South Island was um, how you're going to get everything to the track because, of course, you don't have a car. Yes, and you don't want to you don't want to fork out for a Mevo or you know <laughs> rental cars yeah. don't tend to have um, have tow bars, right? They so don't, no. you're going to ride you're going to ride the bike to the track. That's right. Yeah, ride the bike to the track, which you know most people will say. Just um, you should be using a car and a trailer, but I don't have a car nor a trailer, so that would have been a very expensive exercise. It's not like it was just an option I didn't want to take. It's just not an option available to me. So you're based in Wellington, and initially you were going to go all the way to Hampton Downs, but of course Auckland's in lockdown, so you went to do some stuff around Manfield. That's right. Yeah. So those details are: I was going to do the California Superbike School, um, and that's been now shifted into February. So um, good thing is I'm doing level one and level two in february so that'll be good we can uh, talk a bit more about that when it comes up um but uh brian bernard from bernard racing uh he just put on facebook that he's got a, um some training some coaching coming up so i saw that and i was like you know what that is a great opportunity to not let my entire track day plan go up in smoke because of uh good old COVID coming back to bite again. <laughs> so I booked in for that training and that was at Menfield. So what's, that's two hours, pretty much two hours on the dot from Wellington. Brilliant. Uh, so g- getting back to the, the hurdle is how do you get yourself, your bike, all the gear you need to Menfield, two hours north without a car? Uh, and we came up with the idea of um, putting a, a Ventura Evo pack rack on the back of your bike and the massive Ventura Evo 60 Jetstream pack on the back with all your gear in it because those packs are massive and you were a bit you were a bit hesitant at the start I, I you you weren't sold on it until I showed you quite how good it was on the back of the V-Strom and then I think you kind of relented a little I did. I didn't believe you. Actually, let's go back a step. This was your idea, not my idea. And it was a brilliant idea. I can't take any credit for it. And you were trying to convince me that all of my stuff would fit into this big 60 liter pack. And I was like, I don't know. Have you seen a race suit? Like, it's kind of like the size of a big human body and you got to like fold the thing up. It's got armor and everything else. But it turns out that after I, well, after we did the install and we basically agreed that was the strategy, I then tried to put all my my boots and my leathers in there and it just fit. So it was pretty much exactly perfect for this job. Like I couldn't actually think of a better way to like take exactly what I needed and nothing more to the track. So you you called it, you had the good uh, vision to start with and uh, it turned out pretty well. So we put that Ventura Evo rack on the bike and it was actually yeah. one of the easiest installs I've ever done on a bike. Uh, I, if you want to see the whole video, go onto YouTube, search out T7 Adventures and the video is there uh, with a bit of banter between us and, and it took us, what, 20 minutes <laughs> yeah. to install the rack 
uh, without the bag or anything. And both of us were pretty much working one handed. I had a camera in one hand yeah. and was just doing things as I could. And you were just, you know, yarning away and doing up bolts when you could be bothered. And it took us 20 yeah. minutes to Let's, install the whole Ventura Evo rack. Let's be fair. It was less than a five minute job that we somehow just made to stretch it out, you know, Keep, keep people on YouTube happy. Otherwise, they're, they're probably going to be more like, why did this take so long? Why did I have to wait 20 minutes to see this thing? <laughs> but hey, that's why we have double speed. Whoa, whoa, that's 20 minutes of my life yeah. I'll never get back. But yeah, so um, on your bike, really, really simple install. Four 12 mil, 10 mil, 12 mil, yeah. four bolts anyway. Uh, and in the in the brackets, the L brackets just go straight on the, the tail cowling of the bike. No modification to the bike Nothing. at all. Just take the bolts out, put the brackets on, use the new bolts, done. Um, and then, of course, we put the Ventura rack, the carrier on. Uh, a little bit of um, experimentation yep. because there was some 15 mil spaces that it said to use, which we ended up not using. But it sat nice and, nice and yep. low profile. And then you loaded everything into that 60-liter pack, and you went up to Manfield. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I, I did a test run, uh, I think a few days before, just to make sure that everything would fit. And yeah, it was spot on. I had my race boots at the bottom. I had my tool bag. So my, my roll-up tool bag that I take with pretty much all my tools that I take out in all our multi-day adventure rides. That was in there as well. And then the big race suit. Um, obviously, I wore the helmet and gloves all the way up there and on the track. But um, that and just, you know, the normal things you need for one night away. Um, yeah, it was perfect. So I will, when I do the one up in Auckland um, in February, I will do the same thing. I'll take the pack. I'll need to pack a little bit extra stuff, but I can just take a backpack. Um, yeah, it's yeah, really good. I, I, I couldn't believe that everything fit in there. I actually thought that you had no idea how big a race suit was, but it turns out this bag is pretty big. I've seen it before that if, if, if you can't fit what you need to take in the 60-litre Evo bag, then you probably need to think about what you're taking and are you taking too much stuff. And the reason why I was so confident that it would fit was I did a trip in late 2019 on a KTM Duke 790 in which I pretty much did the same thing. Um, I was flying from Wellington to Hamilton, so I was taking everything with me. I was going to do some um, some dirt bike work with some beaters. So I needed to take dirt bike boots. Uh, I wore an adventure helmet, so I got away with it there. Dirt bike, you know, pants, um, armor, and top, but also had to take road bike gear because I was riding that Duke back. And everything fitted in that 60-liter pack, as well as laptop and... Um, and uh, uh, what am I trying to say? As well as la laptop and camera gear and stuff like that. So it's a it's a massive pack. It is, and, and the, actually, so the size of it is one thing that's great. The other thing is how easily the whole thing comes off. So I got to the track, basically clip clip the big pack comes off, and then get the little Allen bolt key thing out to just un undo the actual little rack that goes onto the fitting that is affixed to the With bike. the little lock nut things? Yeah, little lock nut things. That was less than 20 seconds and I am down to basically nothing protruding from the bike. It is as clean as you can get it. Um, which is perfect because you don't want extra bits hanging off the bike when you're on the track because if you do have a bit of a tumble, it's just going to get ripped off and you know do some damage to the bike and the track and everything else. So uh, I was surprised at how slim it uh came down to it was even slimmer than the what did i have on there it was the the gv rack wasn't it the gv plate that's what i had on the bike before and that stuck out more than this one so yeah it was a win-win for me brilliant so how'd you go on the track 
Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. I So what did we do? We did about seven sessions. Um, they, I, no, one, no one can see because we're not recording the video, but I have a map of the track that I'm showing you now on the screen. So that's like the racing line that I had to follow around. Um, then we went through a whole bunch of different skills and we kind of did a session, come in, talk about it, go out, do another session, come in. Uh, one of the best ones was no breaks. So going around the track and you cannot break, can't touch the brakes, um, which still requires you to basically come out of corners and go flat out full throttle, like for, uh, usually second. So second, third, up maybe at the fourth gear. And then you, at some point on the straight, you just have to cut it off and be like, I hope I can like wipe off the speed before the corner. And the that's an interesting yeah. one because we've played that game on the Rumi Tuckers, right? <laughs> yeah. Going down the hill without using the brakes. Yeah. Was it much different? Like I imagine it would be very much different. How how, how did that that experience on the Rumi Tuckers no brakes compare to the track? Um, on the track, it's just a lot faster, and you do it. You're trying to judge it from straights. So normally on a straight, you're trying to pick a braking marker, but when you have to just do a shut off marker, you don't re- you can't touch the brakes. So you can't trim much more. And like, I was revving the tiger pretty hard. Like you go in like from say fourth gear, you go to third, it's like up around 10,000 RPM. It's like, I can't go down to second at this point. I have to like cut up some more speeds. So he's waiting for the, the bike to slow down. Then it's like, got to go to second because otherwise I won't make the corner. So then the bike's revving again. And then you kind of just tip it in. It's like, I, I have to go. Um, there were three times I had to hit the brakes because I was like way too hot. It's like I can trash my bike or I can hit the brakes and learn a lesson. <laughs> so I, I took the I took the ladder. I learned my lesson that I got my um, my shot off marker wrong. Um, but it's surprising how well the bike just turns. And I think that the whole point of the exercise is that um, we rely on we we believe that if you don't brake, you're basically going to crash. And what they're proving is that if you had no brakes on the track. You could go around, you know, for 20 minutes without even touching the brakes. Um, and you could still go pretty fast. So the, the, one of the instructors who was, um, well, instructing, he said his best time, his best lap time to his lap time without go, using brakes on the track, four seconds difference. That's all four seconds. And that was surprising. But then one of the other guys had a little lap timer in his, um, in, on his phone. And he said his time was the same too. Like he was relatively new, but from his best time in the session before to the session where there was no breaks, four seconds. So it's like, it's really not a lot of time you're gaining by using the breaks. Obviously it's good to use them, but the whole point of the exercise was to show that we, we believe they are absolutely essential, but they're actually just something that helps us go faster. Um, when you're, you can, you know, maximize acceleration and minimize that stopping, but the bike turns perfectly fine without it. What an interesting, um, what an interesting exercise. It's something I've thought, it's something I've never thought of before. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I would feel more confident going down the Rematakas now with, uh, not touching the brakes. Like I, I've, I now have more confidence in how easy it will, it, it can be, how, how easy it does turn. Um, Obviously, it's better on a track where you have more flexibility, but yeah, it definitely gives you a lot of confidence. On a clean run um, over the Rimu Tuckers, though, if I couldn't keep up with you before, which I couldn't, I, I'm not even going to play this game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd be a fun game. No, I, I, I definitely have to be more more sensible on the road because uh, it's it's just beautiful when you don't have anything in front of you and all the track is going one direction. But when you get the road, obviously, we know it can get a bit sketchy. So, was this um, your first uh, expedition on track? Second. The first one I did two years ago, same track. 
didn't have any instruction at that point. It was actually a pretty wet day and I only really had my bike for about six months. So I didn't actually go very fast or very good or very well. It was okay. But this, this time was much more enjoyable for sure. Uh, they showed us like the racing line, um, that kind of where the braking markers were and where we should be trying to aim for. And I found that really helped. There was, um, I think it's like turn two for anyone who does know Manfield, like turn two is kind of, you go down the straight, you got the first turn, turn one, but then turn two is kind of a bit of a right-hander, but basically can be almost flat out. Um, and just having that confidence to be like still accelerating through at a really high speed and just tilting the bike over before you hit the brakes and then turn left, it's a pretty cool feeling. And like, I just didn't know what that line was before. And then after they showed us, I'm like, oh yeah, like you can do that. So like, as we're going through the day, like I was just overtaking people around the outside because they were still braking because it kind of feels like it's a, it's a corner, but it's not really a corner. It's something you can pretty much hold your throttle on the whole way through. Um, so yeah, it was, it was pretty fun. Um, there were a few leader bikes when we get to the straights, the leader bikes just go straight past us. Um, so, you know, there's not much you can really do when you got a bike with that much more horsepower, like double the horsepower of my bike, but, um, fun was breaking, but that would, I'd say that's, that was the funnest part I had of the day is like basically going from flat out coming to a point right up to the corner. I think I was about doing about 180 at some point and then just like grabbing that front brake as hard as you possibly can. And it's so surprising like how much time you can gain because people grab the brakes really early. And if you just like hold that a little bit longer and just grab a bit harder, um, yeah, you make up heaps of time. You can overtake the guys on the leader bikes because they, you know, they get up to like 220 and they start to freak out and then break halfway down the straight. So, <laughs> I mean, this was a, this was a beginner class. This was a novice class. So I'm sure the pros are doing much better than that. But um, yeah, I found it quite enjoyable. Watch out, Jack Miller. Um, what's the, um, is there much, what am I trying to say here? Adventure bike, long travel suspension, 21 inch front, 17 inch rear compared to a sport bike. Do you need to go to a sport bike now or are you happy on the adventure bike? Uh, I'd say I'll, I'll, re, I'll answer that question, but I'll, I'll rephrase it a little. What's like the, the main limitation of an adventure bike? Um, it's, yeah, uh, the pegs. You scrape the pegs all over the place um, because it's the thing that's going to keep you from getting any more lean angle on the bike. Um, you can get more, you can get more, on those tires and the long travel suspension, like every there's the bike's not limited to how much you can lean except for where the foot pegs are positioned. Um, so to get, I think to get better lap times, I would have to, um, get a, get a sport bike that that I would be in a better position. What is interesting. I know I, I, I've talked to you about getting a SV 650. Um, there was a couple there and, um, on the straight, we were basically like them flat out and me flat out we weren't going any past, like we weren't increasing or decreasing the gap between us. So they have less power, but less weight. And I've got more power, but more weight. And they're basically the same. So my kind of thinking was if I, if I did get something like an SV650, it definitely would not give me any more speed than what I've got now. Like the speed is the same as what I'm used to on this bike, but I would be able to corner faster and be able to get a lot closer to the ground and be able to make up those extra seconds. So would I get it? Yeah, probably will at some point. <laughs> like I, I, I think, I think I, I would like to kind of see how far I can push myself and learn more. Um, that I think I, I'm at that point with the adventure bike where I'm just scraping the pegs too much. All I can really do is, break later i can't i mean i can definitely get better in terms of picking lines and um doing doing a bit a lot more like track etiquette 
Um, but I can't accelerate anymore because I was flat out the whole way and I can't corner with any more lean angle. So maybe more corner speed and um, braking harder. It's kind of like all I can really squeeze out of the bike as I've got now. I know where there's a lovely little RE660 uh, in your neck of the woods. No, yeah, no, it's no. not too far from me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, I, I would feel so bad about taking a brand new bike like onto the track because it's like, I just know I'm going to be the goon that just like throws it down the road. <laughs> it's going to be me for sure. Like, I need something that I'm happy to 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 crash. Probably in the same way like a dirt bike, right? If you had a brand new dirt bike, you just wouldn't want to go out and ride it really hard. It's like, what are you going to do when you hit the tree for the first time? Oh, I wouldn't want to take it out and get it muddy. I might scratch it. But everyone knows my <laughs> know my track record with uh, getting bikes dirty. Okay, and so you you had a blast. You went around the track a, a, a numerous times, um, yes, and then many. you came off the track, packed up the Ventura pack, put it back on the bike, and went off to your accommodation for the night. Uh, actually, I went to the accommodation the night before, and then I came home straight after that day. So because we signed, so, on- so you were belting around the track and then came home. Yeah, I was wow. properly tired. Like, <laughs> I haven't been that tired for a very long time. When I got home, I was like, oh, yep, I'm done. <laughs> I'm, I'm toast. <laughs> so it started at 8 a.m. In theory, if I had a, I wouldn't want to ride up there, but if I had a current trailer, we could leave Wellington quarter to six, get up there before eight and be good to go. Um, and then you could obviously drive back. But because I didn't want to be too tired, I opted to ride up the day before, stay that night, get up early, do the ride, and then come back at the end of the day. So I think we left around four, around five. Um, so yeah, eight, eight to five, um, big day of, of riding. I think I looked at, oh, what did I say? It was like three hours of track time. Um, yeah, three hours all up of riding. Right without the, the gaps in the middle. Yeah, without the gaps. That's, that was that was from my bike. Um, my bike telling me that's how many hours. To, uh, you know, reset the the trip trip tripometer. What's, what do you call it? Tripometer. I don't know. I haven't. I haven't got one. Yeah, you don't. You just have like how many k's you've done <laughs> and, and your fuel light. That's all you have. Um, trip yeah. meter. Trip meter. I think a trip meter. Um, so yeah, and and funny thing is fuel. Right. I, I went through two full tanks of ninety eight on the track. Um, wow! Yeah, that's a lot of gas for a for for, for a bike. It's it's just over double my normal economy. So I think I, I normally I'm about four point five to five liters per hundred, and this was like ten point five. So yeah, basically Ooh. using double the amount of gas on uh, on the track. Just throttle wide open the whole time. When it was open, it was open full. Yeah, <laughs> in every gear. Yeah, it was um, it just pouring through. Um, yeah. Well, it sounds fascinating, and I'm I'm stoked that uh, the Ventura kit did you well, uh, and you made it back to tell the story. So uh, I look forward to hearing all about your next outing, which we hope won't be affected by COVID. Uh, California Superbike School, did you say? That's correct. Yep, doing level one and level two.
And that about wraps up the episode. Thank you very much for listening and being a part of the podcast and listening to the podcast all the way through the year. Got something a little bit special coming up for you uh, in a couple of weeks' time. We are going to do our final episode of the year on the 30th of December, and it's going to be absolutely brilliant. We recorded it. It's coming out on YouTube as a video as well as on all the podcasting platforms as a standard podcast, and we'd really love you to join us for that episode on the 30th. Also, a massive thank you to Ride Forever. Don't forget, you can sign up for a Ride Forever course for 20 bucks, or you can get a voucher to give to a friend, a riding buddy of yours. 20 bucks, get out there on your bike for a day out with some like-minded individuals. Uh, it would be a whole lot of fun. I'm actually planning to do one myself as well. Right, this is Kiwi Rider Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Get a hold of us. You can email me, podcast at kiwirider.co.nz. We're on social media as well, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Get in touch. Love to have a chat with you. If you've got something, got a new bike, you've been out on a ride, we'd love to share your story. Hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, share this podcast with a riding buddy of yours. This is Kiwi Rider Podcast. I've been Ray Huron. Keep your rubber side down, throttle on, and we'll catch you in seven days' time. Before I let you go, one more reminder, rideforever.co.nz forward slash Christmas is where you can pick up a Ride Forever course for 20 bucks. What a stocking stuffer idea that is. Do it now because you'll probably forget as soon as this podcast is over, I know it's gone out of my head as well. But uh, go to rideforever.co.nz forward slash Christmas and get a voucher for you or one of your mates, your mum, your dad, your auntie, your uncle your son, your daughter, your cousin, whatever it might be. Get yourself a Ride Forever course for 20 bucks. Go and do the bronze, the silver, the gold, whatever your skill level's at. And uh, you might learn something. God forbid we learn something on the roads. I know. Worst case scenario, you have a brilliant day out with like-minded individuals checking out some new roads uh, and maybe pick up a new skill or two. Go to rideforever.co.nz forward slash Christmas. Get a Ride Forever course for 20 bucks. Give it to uh, a friend of yours for Christmas. Look like a good bugger. Thanks very much, Ride Forever, for sponsoring this podcast and keeping us free and on the air.